You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hi folks, and welcome to episode 18 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bouchatz, and this is the show for February 2015. Joining me today, I have a fabulous panel as always. Um, on my geographic left, we have the wonderful Gazmaz from the My Mac podcast and the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. <laughs> Good evening, Bart. Good evening. And I am drinking a Leffe Brun. Oh, excellent. My other, my other home country. Uh, I highly approve. Actually, one of my favorite sort of light beers, the Leffe. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want one now. I just have Coke. I'm Not sorry. Um, on my geographic right, a long, long way away, we have Chuck Joyner from the uh, Mac Voices and Mac Jury and Mac... Lots of Mac podcasts and the United States of America. Hi, Chuck. Good to, good to talk to you, Debart. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> None of us can I'm, speak. I'm, it's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading and I'm not talking. Yes, it's good, good to be here. Good to be here. And I'm drinking water. Water. No good. Oh, I feel better now. My Coke beats your water. <laughs> <laughs> and on my left again, we have Nick Riley back with us, uh, also from the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, or the UK. Hello, Bart. Good to be back. And so, so pleased that you introduced me so clearly. Well, there we go. I mean, if I was going to say if I knew your postcode, I'd say, but no, I wouldn't because I believe in privacy. Um, Anyway, we have quite a bit of Apple news to talk about this month And some of it I'm postponing until next month We have so much Uh, But before we get into some of the bigger stories Just some numbers that caught my eye Um, The first one is kind of just noting the trend continuing So iPhone profit share up to record highs About 89% of the money made in phones is going to Apple Android share obviously down and unsurprisingly, a record in the other way to only 11% of the profit. And I'd, love to, I'd love to know the decimal places to see what the other companies are making. <laughs> well, it's 11.3 and 89.1, I believe, are the uh-huh. exact... Or was it 88.7? Oh, all right, okay. Yeah, yeah. anyway, but... <laughs> 80, yeah, I actually think that it adds up to slightly more than 100 because a whole bunch of them are making a loss. Ah, Yes, that could well be true. That, that could well be true, yeah. When these numbers yeah. are done, we, we have this kind of bizarre math where people who lose money get thrown in as well. Excellent. We love, we love um, statistics. <laughs> I guess it's mathematically true. It's just a bit weird. Uh, actually, no, this one doesn't do that. It's saying that uh, everyone else rounds off to zero. <laughs> the table just has <laughs> Microsoft, 0%. BlackBerry, 0%. Others, whoever they may be. Zero percent. Yes, the decimals don't go five places down. That's no, that is, yeah. <laughs> well, see, I find this kind of worrying because, yeah, obviously, it's nice for Apple, but if you want Android to be strong, doesn't it have to make some money so that companies are interested in it? I think this is a case of, of uh, lies, damn lies, and statistics, Bart. Okay. Because you, you, you started this by saying that this is iPhone profit share. Mm. Yet, if you go over and look at market share... You know the Android geeks will happily tell you that well we're still you know we're still bigger than iPhone, so oh, sure. it's it's like you know what 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 is important which one is important I'm honestly not sure, but I think it's interesting that they the the profit part sways so much toward Apple, and the gap seems to be closing a little bit on the Android dominance from by iPhone. Well, certainly U.S. wide, I think the gap has closed to the point that Apple is in the lead. But worldwide, Android is obviously still far ahead. It comes down to whether they want to make sales numbers or whether they want to make profit. Okay, but what corporation can trade on sales? Like, if you sell lots and lots of a lost leader, what you get is a big it, loss. It, it, it all depends. Well, well yes, <laughs> if it's a lost leader, of course. It has to um, lead something. And what's Android it, leading? If 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 the but it's not Android though, is it really? It, this this is down to the Android type of phone. So right. there will be a mix of different companies' phones in there. So I'm not quite sure how a profit make. You see, the, these figures are going to be really confusing because it talks about Android, but Android does it make any money when it's selling phones? No, it makes money for other people. But correct, yeah. If you're a phone maker and you're trying to decide how to make money in the phone business, 
these numbers don't... Well, I suppose they don't make you pick Microsoft over Android because Microsoft is at nout. Uh, but it's kind of worrying, though, that there doesn't seem to be very much money being made. If there isn't money being made, why would companies put lots of effort into well, something that they it already, it, it all depends because the, these profits could be purely down on actual... Uh, handset sales and there could be lots of other peripheral sales and marketing and profits which is made from once you've got the device you're then locked into other areas of profit making for the companies well you're kind of locked into making money for google though well perhaps perhaps we don't know that android are actually giving lots of kickbacks and and uh, rebates and rebates to these companies for selling their uh, a phone with their their particular operating system on it so you know companies companies do give rebates to companies for selling a product of theirs or part of a product which is theirs so that or you know do you that's give them co- kickbacks for sending traffic to google <clears throat> yep. sites yep. Like, yep. that's how but, firefox make money right uh, I don't know. I, well, I, no, they I do. So if you type into a default Firefox search window, you get sent to Google, and Google, well, they certainly historically paid Firefox for sending that traffic to Google. Okay. Well, I, I'm sure the same thing could well be happening. Hmm. But if Google is depending, if, if that's the way that money is being made on the Android platform, I mean, am I wrong? Isn't, isn't just about every Android phone heavily subsidized? I mean, maybe not some of the brand new Samsung things, and I mean the brand new ones, but they practically give those things away anytime that I'm in a phone store. <laughs> yeah, but that's, yeah. Sli- that's slightly different, though, isn't it? Because what you're paying for then is the network connection. There's there's, there's different streams of of money and where it's going to. Um, so so the the networks are saying, okay, we will subsidise this phone because then we've got the person tied into our particular network for their hoping X period, paying X amount, which will give them back enough profit. Now, when it comes to selling the phone, that's a, that's a different um, profit line and a different sales uh, process. Yeah, because if, if you buy a $99 iPhone, Apple still get like $600. Yeah. Right, right. But let's go back then to a story by that a comment by Tim Cook from a long time ago right? that said that you know, the Apple iPhones, the iOS is accounting for the vast majority of traffic from mobile devices. Yeah. So it, it, isn't it interesting that they're subsidizing trying to get – trying to they're subsidizing Android, trying to give a, a revenue stream that way. Apple people are paying the money up front and they're generating most of the traffic. So it would seem that Android and, and, uh, and Google would be losing on that side, although I don't have any statistics to – back that up no i think this is this is pure speculation of course but if if that fact were true chuck then it just goes to show you how much money google are making with that little piece of the profit pie or they're so large it doesn't matter to them yeah, that they, yeah. they're not making a revenue stream from it well you see for google they don't read they, they kind of get to have their cake and eat it because they don't have to spend yes. any money up front making phones they have to put a bit of work into writing Android, obviously, that those engineers are not free. But, you know, on a Google sort of scale, they're not particularly expensive. And they drive massive amounts of traffic into Google's information processing facilities, which turn information into profit, cold, hard cash. So for Google, this is great. But long term for Google, don't they need to keep the phone manufacturers happy? And if they're not making money, I don't think they're going to be very happy. That's where I think the rebates will kick in for making handsets using their operating system I ha- yeah i guess if there was an alternative they'd run to it but what have they got they can go to the zero percent profit margin from windows oh yay wait yeah can, can i say though all of this is speculation on my part as to whether they're getting the rebate or not right oh yeah there's a lot of speculation here the numbers are what the numbers are but they seem to be telling more than one story yeah. well i guess at the surface level the race at the bottom gets you to the bottom <laughs> Well done. I like <laughs> you, that. You have tried to sell products for no money and have, strangely enough, made very little money. <laughs> um, there is also a related story that crossed my radar, which is that apparently, according to reports, and I don't like according to reports, but apparently, according to reports, Samsung are considering just leaving the Japanese market because they're not getting any actual profit out of it, which is also worrying, I guess. And surprising, I would have thought. I would have thought the Japanese market would have been, you know, knowing that yeah. that they're into knockoff goods and things in a big way, uh, or copies. You would have thought like that, Android... that Nick does not represent the views of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but the fact can is, I, can I say, Nick, 
is that the Japanese or the Chinese? Oh, am I getting them mixed up? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're over in the same part of the world, oh. see, so... <laughs> <laughs> Insert joke about English colonialism. Let's carry on. I, I, I think, hey, I'm doing well here. Um, I, I think um, actually the Japanese market is a, an ever-moving target. It's very difficult to to nail down. It, it it changes, and they are very they're a very fashionable culture that will change. And I I believe that actually the flip phone is coming back in Japan as well. The so, hipster style. Yeah, yeah. So. And if if you go too far down the the geeky smartphone, and then fashions change, and fashion can draw a market, and I think it does in Japan, then I think that's probably what's happening. Well, I mean, Apple for Apple were getting no traction in Japan, and now they're really yeah. really popular in Japan. So yeah, yeah. there's definitely give, evidence give, of swing. Give it give it a year, and they could disappear again. Possibly. Yeah. Um, moving on to our next number. Um, Apple market valuation reaches seven hundred and fifty billion with a B, which is apparently more than twice the value of any other company, which is just like you what now? And yet at the same time we still hear news reports about how why Apple is doomed. <laughs> I I just like to know what they'd have to do to lose those headlines. Uh be a very small company, because then they'd be true. <laughs> the, the point the point is and apple is doing i mean it's it's link bait bart isn't it mm, yes okay it yes. makes people um, money yeah absolutely yeah, they've just they've just missed a word off the end haven't they it's apple is doomed eventually <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all doomed eventually <laughs> was it was john maynard keynes who famously said you know in the long run in the long run we're all dead you know so don't spend your time fixating on the long run um, I love I love this podcast because I'm so uplifted every time we talk. <laughs> <laughs> In the long run, you're dead. Next, <laughs> um, actually, a good news story. Uh, so, a lot of police departments wanted Apple to put a lock or a, a sort of a kill switch, as they all called it, or basically activation lock, onto iDevices because they thought it would reduce theft. Well, the experiment has been done, and the numbers are in. In the uh, city of London. Smartphone thefts are down 50%. New York City, 25%. San Francisco, 40%. As a scientist, I think that experiment was a success. Bart, am I right that Apple was the first one to do that? Because I they believe they were the first one to get it mainstream. I'm sure there is like an Android device bought by 50 people that did it first, because there always is. Okay. But in terms of getting it into the hands of thousands of people... Sorry, millions of people. What am I saying? Uh, I yes, I believe you're correct. Yeah, I, I, I remember the the police departments saying, you know, first of all, Apple devices were such an attractive target. Yeah. And then when Apple put this in, they started talking about how much uh, how much of a reduction happened. And that's when I think they started making the calls to the other phone manufacturers to put this in. So anyway, you take it. It's a good story. I just mm. my recollection is that Apple led the way on this. And it just goes to show you that you know technology can solve some of these problems, not all of them, but some of them. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it was it was a sane and sensible thing to do. And it's had a good effect. Wasn't there a news story a little while ago about the police were recommending the iPhone? Was uh, I'm sure I, there was. Because I have a feeling it wasn't. Yeah, I have a feeling yeah, it was within that, the last 12 months. I think that was originally from the New York police that, that were actually recommending yes, the iPhone because it had this, yeah. this capability. Yeah. And, I mean, it's pretty, you know, it's, it encrypts, I believe they say by default. So if you sort of follow through and click next, 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 you have an encrypted device. Which, again, is good because it keeps your personal data safe. So, you know, Apple are thinking sensibly with regards to this stuff. Uh, the last story is from the UK, and it's it's interesting, but I don't want to assign it too much importance because of who it's from. So, we all know that the people are always trying to track us when we read our email. Well, those tracking people have decided to see what kind of devices open up their spammy shite. And apparently more than half of spammy shite emails are opened by Apple devices. So is that because Apple users are thick and gullible? Or is that because Apple users use their devices more? Anyone care to guess? (laughs) Or is that because Apple users think, it's spammy, I don't care, it won't affect me, being feeling too safe? Well, okay, so I say spammy, right? This is not 
I am an Arabian prince kind of stuff or Nigerian prince or whatever one it is. Okay. This is your your I corporate marketing mail shot where you accidentally go to a website, give them your email, and then they forevermore tell you about every special offer they will ever have. It, it's that it's it's the gray area where they are certainly working within the law, but they are certainly making people cranky. I think this is – to go back to an earlier story, I think this is an example of just the fact that Apple devices are used more by more people. Yeah. When you said it earlier, actually, I mentally thought, yeah, I think I can prove that. Yeah. Um, and it is true. I mean, Steve Jobs was even joking about it all those years ago. You know, or was it Tim Cook? Who, who was it said, you know, where are all of these Android devices? Are they all sitting in the bottom drawer somewhere? I mean, why are we not seeing them on the internet? And this is more of the same. Actually, no, it may have been <laughs> Phil Schiller. Oh, it was one of the Apple people. Doesn't this fa- <laughs> doesn't sound like Tim Cook actually? No, it doesn't. It's not, does the, it? sort, not the sort of thing he'd say, but um. it may have been Phil Schiller having a little zing at sales numbers. <laughs> anyway, um, the other bit we always have to talk about is legal news. Um, the story that will never die is obviously the iBooks antitrust case. There's no actual judgment-y law court development, but there was an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal where they alleged that uh, the court-appointed monitor, Michael Bromwich, whom Apple have complained about quite vociferously, um, that apparently he is behaving in a way which the Wall Street Journal classify as majorly abusive. So he is basically abusing his powers, doing things that are completely out of the norm and charging Apple for the pleasure. And this piece is very scathing of the monitor. Um, I have a feeling I certainly know where Gaz stands on this I, I think we've discussed this before on the panel and I don't believe any of us were ever Bromwich fans <laughs> Safe I'm, bet Safe I'm bet. saying nothing Yeah <laughs> I think the sheer amount he was actually getting paid for doing well, very little really Or too much to be <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it says it all really yeah, I, I was. I've certainly been. Well, look, I think the whole judge. I think the judge has it wrong from the start, and yes, it's just yes. all gone wrong from there. Um, that appeal is thankfully ongoing, so maybe that will come to an end, and that will put an end to all this. Um, slightly sad story. Apple and Ericsson had a patenting. Had a deal over certain patents. They it came time to renew, and Apple and Ericsson failed to come to terms. So Ericsson went to the Southern District of Texas and filed a patent case against Apple. At least they're not trolls. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, I wish they would have come to an agreement instead of ending up in court again, but in court it goes. Speaking of trolls, according to Apple, and only according to Apple, because the company themselves object vociferously, Apple lost a court case in Texas to a company called Smart Flash LLC, and... Apple basically say the patent is invalid, but the jury said no. Uh, so this is obviously being appealed up the Yazoo. Um, Apple called out and said, these people are trying to charge money for the work our engineers did. These people are patent trolls. And Smartfish went, oh, no, we're bloody well not. Um, yes, we when, when they said we're not, did they say, and look at all this stuff that we make? Well, they couldn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> um, the slight problem with that statement would be its complete lack of factual basis. Uh. Uh, That's yeah. not, not stopped people before, though, has it? That's right. <laughs> no. that may, perhaps the lady doth protest too much. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess we have to wait for the appeals on that. I, it makes me a bit sad, actually. So, with all that uh, vegetables eaten, we get to get stuck into what I thought was going to be the joke story of the month. Because when the first rumours broke that Apple were making <laughs> a car, I'm pretty sure I scoffed. I'm pretty sure I laughed out and I went, yeah, right, pull the other one. And... Since the first rumours have broke, there's just been an avalanche of stories. So I think I have the timeline right in the show notes. And if, any, if anyone spots me getting the facts wrong on the lead-up to this discussion, stop me. But I think Business Insider kicked it all off by saying, yeah, you know that funny car Apple would drive around with cameras on it? Some guy emailed us after he wrote about that and said that Apple is poaching loads of Tesla employees who are jumping shit because Apple are up to something that's just too good to pass up. And then the Financial Times of London really put some fire on it all, saying, yeah, they've hired some guy from Mercedes-Benz. And then 9 to 5 Mac went and did some digging and said, yeah, that guy's name is Johan Jungwirth-ish. Sorry, Mr. Mr. Person. Um, The Wall Street Journal then threw in some more detail and said that Apple had a staff of several hundred working on Project Titan. And then Bloomberg said that, yeah, and the whole thing is going to kick off by 2020. 
And then 9to5Mac Mac did some good digging around and dug up a list of all of the people with car specialists or specialities that Apple have hired in the last while. Then a company called A123 Systems sued Apple for poaching their battery engineers. And then Apple amended their business description in Switzerland to include... Oh, i got to dig up the actual wording here. I'm reading it as cars, but it's... Uh, apparatus for locomotion by land, air, or water. Which, to me, is a car or an airplane. And if someone says there's an iPlane on the way... <laughs> Uh, and then finally, we already know that Mark Newson, who recently came to Apple for special projects, did a concept car for Ford in 1999. So those would appear to be the facts. What have I missed? Uh, uh, what have you missed? Well, you, you've missed the price uh, and the battery life of the car. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's out next week. And <laughs> um. <clears throat> You know what? I I don't think any of this is problematic. It's fantastic link bait for everybody who supports Apple, watches Apple, wants to report okay. on Apple. Forget about whether or not it's problematic. Do you think it's true? True. Yeah, absolutely. What that they're making a car? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, surely that's the well, first question to ask the panel. No. What we've got to ask is what are they actually trying to achieve? And I think what they're trying to achieve is become part of what is deemed to be the next utility electronic piece of equipment. Where are cars going? They're going electric. Mm. What do Apple produce? They produce, on the whole, electronic pieces of equipment. Yes. Where do a lot of people spend an awful lot of time, which in the future they could be actually relaxing and doing the sorts of things that they would normally do at home on their iPhone with using their iPad or actually using a Mac. If we get self-driving cars, Apple want to be inside that environment. That doesn't mean they're making a car, but it could well mean that they want to make sure that they are totally immersed in the uh, vehicular environment so that they can produce uh, an environment which... they're basically immersed with, and people come to them for the interior of the cars. <clears throat> it could also be that, hang on a minute, the battery technology here is really useful, and we can actually use that in other areas. And do you know what? We've got enough money in the coffers. Let's actually look at uh, producing an electric vehicle, possibly in some point in the future. But let's not miss up on the fact that there's going to be a lot of spare time um, by people who are sitting in cars which are electric and possibly self-driving in the probably distant future, not near future. So you're thinking electric and self-driving? I'm, I'm not sure whether they're going to make an actual car, okay. um, Bart. Well, you but, they're, they're, in, but they're, they're doing something to do with electric self-driving they, cars. They want to be involved in the whole environment, though, because um, the same as Google will be as well. The, the, it, they want to be in a situation where if a car company comes to them and says, you know, how can you make the internal environment uh, much more user-friendly, much more um, like actually sitting at home and using your equipment when you're at home. So there, there are lots of avenues which they could still um, turn down and drive along. Ha-ha, <laughs> see what I did there. Thanks, Gaz. <laughs> uh, Gaz, can I, just, can I just check? I mean, you are one of the G-men, aren't you? <laughs> because, because I think that's the most common sense I've ever heard you speak in one one, one big paragraph like that. But see, the secret is, right, if you take Guy and Gaz and separate them, they're both really insightful people. It's when you put them together, they become like fun loonies. Yeah. <laughs> that's very good, Gaz. I, th- I think I agree with you because I, d- I don't believe they're making a car either. I hadn't thought it through that f- as far as you just had. So I'm now going to repeat everything that you've just said to everyone that I know. <laughs> Chuck, what do you think? You know, Bart, I, I'm going to take a different slant on it, and I okay. posted something on my blog about this. I, there, there are so many pieces of evidence, and we're all trying to outguess Apple. And I tried to pull back a little bit and say, you know, what if you were designing – what if you designed a car from the ground up completely without all the baggage that comes along with existing cars, mm. w- without without the design 
preconceptions that that you have to have at this point going into a car. What if you came in just completely new and said, why is it working this way? I can go through a list for you of, of creature comforts and conveniences that right now you either have to pay a, a ridiculous amount on a higher-end vehicle for or go to a third-party uh, mm-hmm. To get, um, you know, starting with dash cams and collision avoidance and self parking, and you know, just right on through there. Um, I, I, I just, I think there's so many ways this could go. I think that you know, the battery evidence. I mean, part of me says it would be kind of silly to go with a mechanical car. You'd almost have to be going with an electric car if you're looking toward the future. But I, I'm taking a broader view and thinking, you know, I, I don't think Gaz is wrong. I think there's a lot of a lot of wisdom in what he said. But I, and then that could be one of the avenues they go down that they could sell to one of the big car makers their their consumer experience. But if they were going to make a real honest car from from the start to finish, what could they do with it? And it gets gets kind of exciting if you take it that way. Yeah, I I, I think I'm leaning closer to what you're saying, Chuck, than. To, to, to Gaz's perfectly valid theory. I, I'm sort of thinking of it in line, so do Apple make their own chips? Well, no. And yes, because uh-huh. they design them entirely and get some conveyor belt somewhere to spit them out. So why can't they do that to cars? Why, why can't Apple design one from scratch and get someone else's factory somewhere in Southeast Asia to just roll them out for them? They can do the software, get someone else to do the hardware. Apple designed a lot. Like you say, blue skies. Get, throw out all of the assumptions and just don't do things because that's how they're done. Just do them to make sense. I would imagine we're talking electric. I can't imagine Apple ever, g- given how much energy Tim Cook is putting into the environment, there is no way Apple can put out a product that runs off non-renewable energy. That would just I just couldn't see it happening under Tim Cook. No, but that, uh, that, that's just that's just silly, Bart. I mean, Apple Apple never done anything like that before, have they? I mean, oh, oh, well, I'm sure, but this is the older Tim Cook, <laughs> right? It's uh, no, I mean, with the iPhone, <laughs> that actually have, haven't they? Oh, you mean yeah, design it all and get someone else to spit it, it out? It, yeah, yeah, that's that, right. That is their modus operandi. You know. yeah. uh, and w- what I don't think, I don't think we're anywhere. I I, I, don't, I don't buy self driving car. It works really well in the lab but there's this place called The Real World and it's full of things that are just not like that. Uh, so I don't think it'll self-drive, but I do think it'll be electric and I do think Apple will design it all and get someone else to manufacture it for them. Uh, I, I, think, I think we're still in the area of they're exploring what they can do. And we're along, you know, people are now saying the, the problem with this whole process is people are now expecting a car in 2020. <laughs> do, do you know, I, I've got a feeling we still won't know in 2020 exactly which way they're going. Okay, but... They're certainly not starting on day zero here because they already have a whole bunch of hires going back. So they may be five years into this. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Right, because the amount of time when we heard Apple were making a phone, they were already well into making a phone before we heard they were making a phone. And then from when when the rumors came out, it all seemed to go quite quickly. Now, this won't go quite as quickly. But... I wouldn't be shocked by 2020. I would be stunned by 2018. I think my jaw would fall off if it was 2017. And if Tim Cook stands up on March 9th, I, I, I'll just assume I've gone insane. But... <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Well, I, I think 2020 is possible. I think you make a great great point, Bart. I mean, and Apple has said now for how many years that uh, Tim, Tim Cook said we've, we're doubling down on secrecy. And they've 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 done, apparently this project has been underway for a good while, and at best there maybe were a few rumors out there, and I, I don't know exactly who grabbed the bull by the horns and decided to really put the put the pieces together, but um, you make a good point. But can I can I say here and now? Yes. it won't it won't be an Apple van like the ones they've seen traveling around. I've got a feeling that's a completely different project. I'm I think that's maps. I, I think we have accidentally. Yep. stumbled onto something else. I don't think that van has anything to do with this car. No. No. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, I call my uh, Nissan Leaf electric car the biggest gadget I've ever bought. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I have to say I'm quite jealous of the Leaf owners around our place because there's free charging at work. 
Yeah, I get free charging at work too. My, the issue I've got with that, and I, actually we had a discussion with Guy, myself and Guy had, had this discussion, and I've got a bit of a problem with electrical points having being having to put in to every car park point in my, the company that I work for. I, I've got a feeling the company's going to go... put them into every plate? What? Well, if, if everybody has an electric car, you're going to need to charge it, but... Well, that's assuming we don't get batteries right, because right now our battery technology is and pretty that's, awful. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah, what that's, I, that's the biggie, if, 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 yeah. they can really, if they can sort of double or quadruple the battery. Um, the, the, this might sound capacity. nuts, right? But why not have the battery just slot out and you slot in another one? So you show oh, up at I the petrol station, idea. they have yeah, the they have battery idea. left, and I they have give you a new idea. one. I they have tried it. I think that's an awful idea. What? Why? It works really? for remote control cars. Why? 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 Unless they can get real efficient batteries, you're going to have massive garages that are all stocking a product or plenty of product for people to come in and use it. You're doubling up the, the amount of cost for a particular vehicle. You're doubling up the amount of resources that you're stripping from the, um, from the, from the Earth's resources, limited resources that we've got. I do not like that idea. Okay, it's, well, battery, batteries don't it's battery consume. density that matters. It's battery density. We're a long, we're a long, we're a long way from that. We're a long, long way from that. And I don't. And I think if if ever that thought, it will probably pass that point before it actually becomes a reality. Well, the magic of hydrogen fuel cells will save the day, or supercapacitors, or something. Who knows? Yeah, certainly better than uh, lead and acid. And to and to Chuck's point, that's probably and and to partially my point as well. I think this is what Apple are doing. They're exploring the possibilities mm. because this will be you know in the future it is going to be a commodity utility um, product which you know Apple have started to go down. They deem they deem the computer is now just a commodity product for people to buy. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you know, Bart, I may. I have to think about that. It may be a commodity product, but there's still uh, there are still levels of quality in a commodity product. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and so, and Apple has been associated with premium priced. If they're commodity products, okay, they're commodity. But it's it's a premium priced, high high level product. Apple have managed to make Ferraris for everyone. Yes. Yeah. Which doesn't, it's kind of a funny trick to pull off because you're only supposed to be able to sell to everyone if you cut the price. But Apple do sell to everyone and don't cut the price. Right. It's, you know, they're, they're kind of special, which I think is why a lot of Wall Street analysts don't understand them. They keep on saying, no, no, for Apple to survive, they must cut their prices. It's like, that fits your model of how the universe should work. But look around. That's not how Apple work, and they never have, and they're not no. going to. No. Well, and people and, and, and people understand that, and they they recognize a superior experience. And I'm wondering, you know, in a car, what what is a, a superior experience? And I'm not talking about performance, you know. Mm. I, I, yeah, I, right. It's I, not a, it's not I, about not to sixty. It's it's about right fewer paper cuts. Exactly, exactly. And so, if 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 Apple can produce a car that doesn't require as much maintenance, that is as reliable or more reliable than what we have now, that does a good job in crash tests, you know, you can just go on and on with the things that are important. And I'm sure if we all did a list, you know that five out of ten list they they put up for a while on every iPhone. The car will come with one of those. You know, it won't say no brominated whatever, like it says in the phone, but it'll be the same sort of thing. You know, it's all glass and aluminium. It's all recycled products. There's no flame retardant watchamajiggers in it. it. It'll come with one of those. This is a green car. Seals of a you know checklist. Yeah, absolutely. Big yeah. time. It will, it will be big time on that. I think. And that automatically is going to appeal to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully they'll get sort of in-car stuff sorted out. I I mean I think Tesla. Um, have actually done a good job of having software that they can update very easily, but. You know, other electric car manufacturers haven't. I mean, my Nissan Leaf, um, it has a decent um, technological bits in it, mm. but uh, the sat-nav is not updatable. Oh. <laughs> Which you would think on an electric car would be one of those things, that, yeah, especially because you need to know where charging... Uh, they they yeah. update the charging points. That gets updated. But if you want an update to your sat-nav, you can't get it. Which you know, I think is That's absolutely silly. ridiculous. And, and, and in talking, this day of, and age. 
And talking about that, Nick, it's a, it's a very good point because, I mean, M- Mr. Ive, um, who gets taken to work in his chauffeur-driven Bentley, probably spends rather a lot of time inside thinking, how can I improve the experience inside this vehicle? Yeah, I'm stuck in here for like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, I don't know how far it is from work. Maybe he's stuck in there for an hour every day. We don't know. Um, also, actually, I, did, I don't have it in the show notes, but I, it just occurs to me while we're talking about that it is relevant. There's, there's quite a big brouhaha recently in the United States with some reporting on the complete, total and utter lack of security in car electronics. And if Apple could manage to make a car that you can't make the brake pedal not work, that, that would be nice. <laughs> that would be good, yes. Uh, I, I mean, th- this week's... What was it last week? The security now I just listened to. It was this week's, It was yeah. this week's. They interviewed the guys and, like, basically, modern Ameri- modern cars, not just American cars, all modern cars, have the best of networking technology and security from the 1980s, <laughs> which is a horrific incitement. And the answer for not doing it better is, well, it would raise the price. <laughs> oh, yeah, raise weird. the price. <laughs> Make my car safe. So if Apple are going to rethink this kind of stuff and not... Not make all of the same mistakes that the industry make because that's just how they do things. I mean, why is your Nissan make it so hard to update software? Because Nissan remembers when there was no software. And they, they are still thinking with all of the baggage of having made cars for the last 30, 40, 50 years, however long Nissan have existed. Well, they were called Datsun. But anyway, if you come at it clean with a technology mind, one would hope that you would be able to get rid of a lot of this rubbish. I mean, the iPhone, security-wise, has stood up supremely well because it was designed to be secure from day one. Yeah. And that's what drives me crazy about the auto industry is this is is not a new thing. I mean, Mm. how, how many years has it taken them to to adapt to new technologies, even just the creature comfort technologies? You know, because first we had cassette decks, then, you know, well, first we had 8-tracks, then we had cassette decks, then we had CDs, DVDs. Now we have in-car in entertainment systems. But how much before that did those, – those systems were available outside of the car. Why weren't they jumping on that in the very first place? I don't think they think like that. And that's why I think Apple, if, if, if there's anybody that has a chance of kind of taking the next leap and saying, in five years, in three years, in five years, what will we want in a car? What will we have in our, in our hands that we would want to integrate with the vehicle? And right. I, I, I just think they have the best – they have a real good shot at it. I, I mean, Google would too, I'm sure. But uh, Apple well, – Google I'd, I'd rather, very differently to Apple. Yeah, I mean, and I'd rather I, bet on Google Apple Google do cool stuff, but it's different. It's like, you know, Android kind of shows that pretty well. The difference in Google and Apple is the difference in Android and iOS. And they're both appealing, but not to the same people. Yes. Or not usually to the same people. There are exceptions. Siri, take me to work. (laughs) Did you say you'd like to go shopping? (laughs) (laughs) Siri, sing me a song. (laughs) Well, yeah. I, I get the general impression we're all quite we, – we all believe there's a car uh, – some sort of automotive something with an Apple logo coming, whether it's been made by someone else and – yeah. Actually, until I saw the thing about Switzerland, I was very, very into mines, and eventually I just kind of went, okay, there is now so much smoke I can't see the room anymore. There's something going on here. Yeah, the the, the Switzerland thing, you know, they may just be planting ahead as well just well, to you know, make sure Especially they, that they, phrasing, you know – device for locomotion across land, water, or air. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a remote we control have- car and um, a, a new drone. And it could, I mean, let's, I, I don't think this is happening totally, but boy, are Apple good at getting their name spouted about for whatever reason. Part of me thinks that the first few leaks were leaks, and after that it was Apple PR working their way through their various mouthpieces in the media. Possibly. Yeah, it sounds like a snowball effect, doesn't it? Yeah, someone let something leak in Apple PR went, okay, let's let's take control. You leak that to the Business Insider, you leak that to the Financial Times of London, off we go. We shall see. Uh, also, a big development that people, I'm sure, I'm sure listeners are thinking, Bert is going to spend absolutely hours talking about photos. No, he's not. Um, at least not yet. I have decided that, especially with all the Apple car talk that we really want to get stuck into... 
uh, I'm actually putting the discussion on photos off until next month's show because there is a public beta on the way and I would like the people on the show to have had some more time to actually play with photos. And I know, Gaz, you're very interested because you're an iPhoto user who's getting an upgrade. I'm interested from the point of view of being an Aperture user who's very scared about the downgrade. Uh, So... Well, before... Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) no, go on. But keep it short. Very short. You're not getting a downgrade if you don't stop using Aperture. Yeah, but uh, they're very specific about it only lasting in Yosemite, and I am not one of those people who is prepared to be on an out-of-date version of OS X. Okay. We'll, uh, basically, we'll... I think that despite the fact that I spent the decade trying to not give Adobe money, I may be about to give Adobe money on a monthly basis. Anyway, uh, like I say, we'll yeah. talk about it next month. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'll have managed to get my hands on the beta. Hopefully, some more people on the panel will have managed to play with it, and hopefully, we'll have some intelligent stuff to say. Well, I got that email. It's finally come through that you, ah. that you received earlier. So they like you as well. <laughs> So, as we've said, there's a public beta coming. We also know for a fact that Aperture is leaving the Mac App Store as soon as Photos goes out of beta. And Apple have confirmed that, actually, in an email they sent to to Aperture customers today, just before we recorded. Um, What's also somewhat related is that Apple have a new showcase up, but they're showcasing photos taken on the iPhone. And the link is in the show notes. And really, if you love photography... I think you should look at this because it really does go to show that, you know, the cameras are good enough for 99.99% of what you need to do. These photos taken on a camera phone are not great photos for being taken on a camera phone. They are great photos. Like, they are absolutely astonishing and all taken on the iPhone. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And they're also, Apple also have a thing underneath each one saying which apps were used for post-processing. And a lot of them just say camera. Yes. Some of them say camera comma Snapseed and stuff like that, but a lot of them just say camera, which means that they are... Okay, Filterstrom new. I didn't even know that app existed. But anyway, it, it is It is well worth a look. It is well worth enjoying. There is some really talented people who own iPhones, and they are taking some superb photographs from all mm-hmm. over the world. Everything from snow to desert is in here, so it's cool. It's actually a good. Um, there's one actually that uses the Ola clip as well, a close up of uh, a seed head, which is quite good. I should have looked closer that. I was like, wow, the macro ah, feature yeah. on the iPhone has really come on since. <laughs> well, the Ola clip is a great product, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, leaving photos parked until next week, the other story that probably would have made way more news if there weren't cars is that iCloud has. iCloud on the. Uh, I work in the cloud has gone out of beta and into everyone's allowed in, um, including people who don't pay for iCloud, but they only get to have a gigabyte of stuff. Is this... Jolly good? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm sensing a lack of excitement. <laughs> I'm just thinking a little late, really. Possibly. <laughs> they are playing catch-up in this space, like, yeah. by a lot. Um, Google were first, Microsoft scoffed at them, then copied them, and now Apple have finally tootled along. Yeah, there is a lack of interest from my my point of view, although it's not a lack of interest through not using the apps and wanting to use the apps, but they've kind of, of, unlike Apple, they've missed the boat on the timing of the the hype on this sort Mm. of service and services. Yeah, it, it, the only good thing about it is, you know, in terms of sharing stuff with the non-Apple users, you know, for for yeah, people who yeah. want to use yeah. pages and numbers instead of effing Excel and effing Word, <laughs> the, you're not quite as trapped now because you can yeah. everyone That's, can yeah. you can use this to tinker on the files. But it, I, I suppose to a certain degree, um, this is the way Apple work in a lot of cases. They come out and people go, yeah, and then actually, you know, the graph starts to creep back up again. And yeah. they've been doing that a lot, I think, recently over the last few years. It come, you know, you, the, the fan, it's like photos, not that you wanted to go back to it. No, no, but continue. The, the expectation is that, it, you know, Ah, it's going to be an Aperture replacement. Nope, it ain't going to be an Aperture replacement. And we get there, there'll be a lot of disappointed people. Um, Most iPhoto 
uh, users will probably be pleased, but there will be a dip. It will then run along and then the the angle of improvement will start, start to increase. And actually, I hear a lot of people come back and say, do you know, actually, I, I use that service now and it's there's no problem with it. They well, seem to I come out. It is good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I haven't stopped using... Um, I mean, I... <laughs> You know what Apple are like? That they sometimes take the, giveth and taketh away. Yes, as, as, and, as a former Dot Mac customer. <laughs> yes. And um, they've caused problems for me over, over the last um, 12 months, 24 months with um, I use iCloud to share um, uh, a document with someone who proofs it for me hmm. uh, each month. Uh, and at one point that stopped working. And oh. now it's working again, so I'm happy. What, what I'd really like is for them to sort out the problem I've got with when I try and email somebody a link hmm. uh, to my document from from the menus. There's only one way I can do it. If I do it the other way, for some reason my machine start tries to start sound recorder in Windows. What? <laughs> which is in my Windows partition, which is very strange. Because I haven't got it's not it's not open. <laughs> that is quite bizarre. It is very strange. Um, but I mean, uh, having said that, I have been using it for quite a while, and for my use, it's great. I, I like using Pages for my document layout, um, and it's great that my proofreader can go in and make the small changes that she makes, and she's a complete non-techie. I mean, yeah. she uses computers a little bit, but she doesn't know a lot. So she gets uh, an email from you with a link. It shows that's her the right. Document. She goes in. She can see the document. She can make edits to it. Then she emails me separately back to say I've finished, and I have a quick check through to make sure she's not done anything drastically yeah. <laughs> wrong yeah. to the document, and, and away we go. I, I like um, I like iCloud for that reason. What's I mean? I stuck with. I've always stuck with iCloud. Like I say, I was a dot Mac customer, and then I was a mobile me customer, and then I was an iCloud customer. Yeah, and too. I like the fact that Apple have stopped bragging about how great their cloud services are and are concentrating <laughs> on actually making them work first before they brag about them. I, I like this change. But yeah, since Yosemite, since we now have this concept that you can get into the little containers for each app, it is supremely useful. I mean, I do the show notes for this show. I don't do them all at once because it would be a horrible task. It would be an evening of hell. I sort of poke and prod at them over a couple of days to assemble them into a sane... Usually about the 25th of the month I start to assemble them and I usually finish them, you know, when we record them the 3rd, 4th or 5th of the next month. And I do most of my assembling in text edit using Markdown. But when it comes to actually recording the show, I want clickable links and stuff, so I open the same document, which is, which is in text edit's iCloud box... I open it with a completely different app called Markdown Pro that will show me the clicky links and stuff that will interpret the Markdown. And that was impossible until Apple allowed us to reach into these little boxes. I mean, the fact that the boxes are there makes everything work really nicely. But the fact that we couldn't get into them was a problem, and now they've solved that. And I really, lo- I really am enjoying editing stuff in iCloud. And, um, you know, because whatever Mac I sit down, then I can throw in a story into the show notes. And then when I sit down to record, it's, it's all together. It's all... You know, it's it's everywhere. It's it's magic. And I've always said what I want from my computer is I want a Star Trek computer where everyone's files are magically on their little teeny tiny tricorders and the same files are on the giant big displays on the bridge. I wanted that, and iCloud is making that actually happen for me. So I'm actually pleased. I'm just glad they're not bragging about it. <laughs> or breaking the, it. <laughs> yeah, that's the first step to Apple failing at cloud services is telling everyone how wonderful they are at cloud services. <laughs> yes. Um, I suppose we should move on. Uh, if I had been thinking a little more clearly, I would have organized my show notes differently and put this as the story straight after the car. Because we were all talking about how green Apple were. Well, here's the proof. So just this month, Apple have committed to spend $2 billion to convert the failed GT Advanced Sapphire plant into a global command and control data center powered by 100% renewable energy from a local solar farm. Apple are going to invest $848 million on a solar farm in Monterey County in California. And they're going to invest $1.7 billion in two new European data centers. One in a place called Athenry in the county of Galway. In a little country in the west of Europe called Ireland. And one in Denmark. 
and they're both going to be entirely powered by green energy. So that is two billion plus almost two billion plus almost a billion that Apple are spending or have committed this month to spending on either making green energy or building things that run entirely off green energy. That's a commitment. They've obviously found a way of turning all that money in Ireland into some kind of building material. That's what it is. Well, yeah, (laughs) I mean, I don't think against County Galway it is spectacularly beautiful, but it it doesn't say data centre to me. I'd I'd love to understand why Athenry was chosen. And by the way, you pronounce it Athenry if Ken Ray is listening. Yeah, I know it's spelled at Henry or or Athenry, but it's it's Athenry. Trust me, if if it's Gloucestershire, this is Athenry. I, I just can't believe you know he it, it just didn't. The fields of Athenry didn't come to mind. Well, when that's he, what I, that I thought. Everyone, you know, after yeah. Danny Boy, which is actually Scottish and English, I thought everyone. The only other Irish song everyone knew was "Low Lie the Fields of Athenry." Yeah, maybe that's just rugby players. Probably. <laughs> anyway, Athenry, nice place. It's on a railway line, and I know a lot of Irish fibre optic cabling runs along our railway line, so maybe that's why there's a data centre next to a railway line. I think Europeans should be very happy. I, the Irish were delighted. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I think Europeans in general. Yes, actually, yeah, we'll have some of that money, please, yeah. Uh, well, and also the data centres. Oh, yeah, our iCloud will get faster. My iCloud should be faster than yours. <laughs> All right, don't brag. <laughs> <laughs> whatever this gets built in the next two or three years it's and Apple does seem to have a history of going to places that don't jump out at you as, mm. as being data centers yeah. I mean you think of the one in the Carolinas here in the states it, you know when, when that first came out it's like what you know yeah. okay um, you know I'm, there are obviously some benefits and I can't say that I'm familiar with Athenry but you know there's some benefits to places where you can create jobs where you can have a, a good quality of life for the workers and attract workers because of it mm. but it doesn't scream data center and so I again Bart you'd be a lot more familiar yeah. with Athenry than I am um so there's there's something to be said for the uh, the logic of an out of the way place although it's always surprising when you see it pop up well you see it's a, it is out of the way i mean no offense to any of the people in the beautiful town of Athenry but it's it is out of the way and yet it isn't because it has a it has good railway connections and i'm pretty sure that means it has good fiber optic connections and being in the larger Galway area, Galway historically was the home of digital electronics in Ireland, and then digital packed up shop and made an awful lot of very talented people unemployed. And I have to wonder if there aren't still an awful lot of tech-savvy people in the general Galway area because of that. Mm. Maybe reading too much into that, but it, 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 when I heard Galway and a high-tech thing, I did immediately think of tech. Anyway, it's, it's, it's interesting. And as I say, the uh, the Irish media were delighted. Now, if we could have an Apple store, please. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll just bang that drum again. Uh, our final sort of quote-unquote big story is, is again a collection of little stories, and I don't really know how to interpret them. Um, the first one is very straightforward. Another Apple VP is retiring. Uh, he's the VP of retail real estate. He's certainly done a good job over the last couple of years, except in Ireland. Um, and he's retiring, okay, uh, Bob Bridger. But then there's two hires that I don't know what how to interpret. So first off, BBC Radio 1 DJ Zane Lowe from the United Kingdom. All I know is that BBC Radio 1 is the hip and happening station, so I'm guessing he's a big noise of some sort. Well, I, I, it, the, him joining Apple has certainly uh, not got the, uh, the nasty news that the ex-Dixons guy got. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. So, so I'd, hopefully, it'll it'll be a better move for both him and Apple than the. Um, I'm trying to yeah. remember that chap's name, but I remember reading this week that he lost yet another job. I, yes, let's. But the less said about him, the better. Uh, apparently, DJ Zaney. It is not. It's not um, someone I'm, that I'm particularly. Uh, um, You're not a radio with. one listener, then. N- not really, no. Uh, <laughs> but he has got a rather good name in it, and so the the point is, what are they taking him for? That's obviously yeah. where we're struggling with, of course. Yeah, because right now, this minute, when we think DJ, we do not think Apple. No, and yet they've just hired one from a very prestigious radio station. Yeah. Also prestigious. Chris Breen leaves Macworld to join Apple. We also don't think Apple and journalism. Mm. No, but you think of them with PR in mind. Oh, okay. So you think Beats may well find a use for it 
famous radio DJ and Apple may well find use for a famous Apple blogger? The Apple are being a lot more open in their uh, communication, I think, with the world about what they're talking about. And perhaps bringing Chris Breen on board could be a good way of them finding out, you know, how much should we give? You know, could we give a little bit more? Should we pull a little bit back? He's going to be a perfect person to answer those sorts of questions if that's what they're bringing him in for. Again, it's pure speculation on my part. My hope, and again, this is not even speculation, right? This is now we've gone... I'm going to end up thinking what I think is happening, and we've moved on to what I want to happen. Which I think is how a lot of rumours start, actually, when you think about it. Apple television. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope that Apple are going to use these people to do some proper curation on the many cabillion stores they have, so that it actually becomes possible to discover content in a sane way. Oh, that really would be nice. It would, wouldn't it? Again, yeah. this is not rumour, this is wishful thinking, but I would like to think that they would have Chris Breen in there leading a staff of people to build up a good curation team to give us really good content on the App Store, curated by good people. And music as well, which I care less about. You know what, Bart, though? Uh, taking taking nothing away from Chris, mm-hmm. uh, taking nothing away from uh, Zane Lowe, but I think that's going to be, as always, one of those things that uh, that in, is in the eye of the beholder. Mm. What you say, s- may see as the perfect set of curated content, I may just laugh and say, you must be kidding. Mm. So, you know, I don't I, that's a that's a problem I think that everybody is still struggling with. How do you there's so much content out there now. How do you discover it? How do you how do you curate it? Mm. I mean, I, hopefully the hopefully the, the well the people here, you know, the people on this show hopefully have a, a a certain amount of credibility with the audience and if we recommend something, maybe we have enough credibility they'll at least go and and check it. Mm. And then they may say, "Oh yeah, I really like what Bart likes or I really hate what Chuck likes." But we'll have that credibility. Well, we could be doing inverse recommendations. Oh, Bart said that game is good. It must be awful. I'll go by this one instead. Amen. Amen. So it, it would be it would be just nice if we could actually find stuff. I mean, whenever I go in the App Store, it, it there seems to be a limited number of things that I can actually see. I don't. I'm like the told interface. that I'm told there are millions of things in there, but I can't see anywhere near that number. <laughs> yeah, it, it it doesn't work. I, I'm not sure what the answer is. If I did, I guess I'd probably be making a lot more money than I am. But I can tell you, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, and I don't disagree. I don't disagree that it it doesn't work the way as, as well as it should. But I'm just not sure that. There is an answer out there yet. Ho- hopefully, someone, and it could be Chris, it could be Mr. Lowe, can figure some of this stuff out. Well, if, it certainly if, can't if do, that's what they're tasked to. It certainly can't do Apple any harm to have more smart people on board. So, Well, the, the one thing from uh, Zane Lowe that I think that they, it certainly, I think, could indicate more of a streaming music, hmm. uh, um, a more Spotify type. Um, area which is going to be working. As for Chris Breen, I think we'll all we're all waiting on tenterhooks actually because we all know that he's such a great guy that if he goes into Apple, he's, he's, he's well. They've offered all, him something that makes him go, "Ooh, that's interesting!" Right? He's not gone it, for the crack. It, yeah, absolutely, and it's likely to likely to improve whatever it is he, the environment is in, which we would hope. I've got a feeling it could still be fairly customer facing, mm. and uh, I think we're still going to see a lot of his name. I hope so. He, and actually, yeah. I'm going to rearrange the quick stories a little because there's a related story in there that definitely fits into the conversation we're having here, which is that Apple have turned to Pinterest to try to help us find apps in the App Store. Mm. So you can now pin the apps you like and your followers will see them and can click to install straight from within Pinterest. Well, Michael Johnson, it, 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 I'm not sure whether he runs it or he owns it. It's a ma- It's Appler. Yeah, a lot of people yes. say nice things about Appler, and I keep yeah. meaning to and never get around to installing it. Yeah, it's um, it's it's worth a look. It's worth a look, and that's 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 basically following people and then making recommendations. So, yeah, look out for um, look out for. I mean, Apple are not very well known for their social interaction, certainly on any medium. So, well, they've tried once. That yeah. went well. <laughs> I actually liked ping, but I think I'm in a minority of ping. Pi- yeah, ping pong. Never mind. Ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> a- any other thoughts on on that final pseudo story before we we move into the quick stories? 
just just one quick one, Bart. Yeah, and that and that is that. I th- I have to wonder if part of this isn't a story of our making. Okay. Uh, just like just like to go back to the auto story. Um, Apple is such under such an increasingly intense microscope that every little thing they do, you know, we're watching and saying, "Oh, is this the key to the next whatever?" Mm. And it could, and and Apple's been hiring good people from all over a lot of industries for a lot of years, and I'm just not sure that maybe we were paying quite as much attention unless they were really high profile people. Mm. And and again, taking nothing away from from Mr. Lowe or nothing nothing away from Chris Breen. But I just wonder if this isn't just more of the trend of Apple trying to hire good people for whatever it is that they're going to do. And there aren't as many clues here as we're all making out. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I I open this by saying I don't know what this means. (laughs) I I don't know what this means. But I I do think it's a good thing that there are talented people going in the door. Agreed. I reckon they're they're going to actually make a Burberry-covered... car that has its own DJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a clone. We everyone gets a clone of. <laughs> yeah. Did There's I hear you rumor. jump in there, guys? Yeah, I, I was going to say, but it's not. <laughs> oh, but uh, Nick's completely um, hosted me now. I, I'm, I can't follow that. But what I was oh, going to say again. is, that's all right. No, no, you're welcome. It's not a problem. I was going to say, and, and perhaps Chris Breen just wants to get into the automotive industry. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Apparently they're going to kick Tesla's butt or something. Anyway, uh, just some quick stories that are probably worth a mention, but not an in-depth discussion. Um, Apple have Apple have dropped China. No, it's the other way around. <laughs> I have that backwards in the show notes. I really must fix that. Oh, no, Apple, there should be an ED. That's it. Apple dropped from China's government buying list, not Apple drop China. Um, so the Chinese government aren't going to buy Apple stuff. I don't think this is a big story because I don't think anyone is surprised that this happened. And I think this has much more to do with protectionism and protesting the way American governments are sort of boycotting Chinese companies than anything else. Mm. Um, yeah, I suppose uh, moving on then, iOS 9, this is a rumor. I don't like rumors, but this is a rumor I like, so I thought I'd put it in. iOS 9 will apparently focus mainly on stability and improve and performance improvements. Apple, Apple are doomed. doomed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you don't know, you know the- that iOS 8 is so terrible that everyone's using it and likes it? Oh, wait. <laughs> no, but I... I I do think that because of continuity and because of the amount of new stuff that has been pushed into the latest iOS and the latest OS ten, it's about time for another Snow Leopard moment. Or it was Snow Leopard, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the whiter version of yeah, yeah. Leopard. Yeah. 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 So I hope this is true, but it's a pure rumor. Um what is not a rumor is that Apple have finally said that yeah, those twenty eleven MacBook Pros, they really do have a GPU issue. Oh look, another typo in the show notes. I'm gonna blame autocorrect. Anyway. Um, so there's a repair program so if you have one of these 2011 MacBook Pros that do bizarre, weird and horrible things with graphics, Apple admit it and will fix it for you Uh, there's also going to be the first ever public beta of iOS 8 as in not the one we're using now but a sub-version of iOS 8 and uh, the other thing we know with absolute certainty we're going to be talking about next month is the Spring Forward event, which is happening on the 9th of March, which is next Monday. And unless anyone has anything else to offer, I think that rounds out the news for February. You think there's a Watch Spring reference in there? Uh, could be, couldn't it? That's a good point, actually. I was thinking of it in terms of Spring Forward Fall Back, but yeah, watches used to have springs. I, ho- I doubt there's a spring in the, in the Apple Watch. I kind of doubt it too, but... <laughs> oh, maybe the thing that makes it vibrate needs a spring to make it come back or something. <laughs> maybe there's one in there somewhere. I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good point, though. I hadn't thought of that. So, yeah, we're all assuming it's the Apple Watch. If it isn't, I'll eat the hat I don't own. Um, so we shall see. Anyway, panel, thank you very much for a very enjoyable discussion on the Apple News for February. Um just before we finish up, a reminder that the show notes with typos removed will be available at let's-talk.ie shortly after the show goes live. Um, links to all the stories that were the basis for these discussions and also 
two large blue buttons in the top left of the menu or the sidebar under the heading support the show. One of those big blue buttons goes to PayPal. You basically click on the button, type in some amount of money, and it goes to help pay for my expenses for running the show. And the button below that is the button for a really cool service called Patreon, which allows you to become a patron of the show. You basically pledge that you will pay X small dollar amount for every show I manage to put out. I promise not to do more than two in a month so that you know what you're paying for. And assuming I live up to my end of the bargain, the money comes to me uh, to help pay for expenses. Um, The reason I like Patreon so much is actually because PayPal is terrible for giving a small amount of money because PayPal take all the money and give like the tiniest, the tiniest of token to the actual podcaster if you send the dollar. Whereas with Patreon, there's one PayPal transaction at the very, very end of the month. And so it's not lots of little PayPal transactions where PayPal get all the money and the poor podcaster gets nothing. It's actually an efficient way for listeners to give a small amount and not to end up just making PayPal rich, but actually give it to the podcast they support. And there's loads of really cool people on Patreon, and I just hope you consider, if you're going to do the Patreon thing, to consider patronizing. That doesn't sound good. Becoming a patron of this show and its uh, photography counterpart. So you'll find all that at lets-talk.ie. Now, thank you very much to the panel. Um, I always try to go in reverse order, and I think this is the way. So, Nick, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, that's all right. I've enjoyed it very much. And uh, do you want to let the listeners know where they can find or follow you on the internet machine? Uh, yeah, they can uh, follow me on Twitter if they want. I don't actually tw- tweet very much, but they can if they want. Um, <laughs> and it, they'll find me on Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. Excellent. And if they want to complain about certain Asian countries and references, they can get you there too, can they? <laughs> yes, if, yeah, they, well, if they film, I, I don't actually look at Twitter very often. Either, oh, so either. they can complain away, they'll feel better, you won't notice. It'll be fine. It will. <laughs> <sighs> it just feels better when you complain, even if no one listens. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us, Nick. Always a pleasure. Uh, Mr. Joyner, which of your many, many, many online exp- uh, products would you like to share with the listeners? Everything, Bart, has been consolidated into MacVoices.com. That's where you'll find me. And my preferred social network is Twitter because it's short, sweet, and to the point. So follow me there as Chuck Joyner. Excellent. I do like, actually, the 140-character limit. Well, I like reading it. I don't like writing it because I have to be all concise and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) A lot to be said for it. (laughs) Indeed. And uh, thank you very much for giving up your time. And uh, finally, Mr. Baz, or Mr. Gaz, from... Uh, from well, well, various places, but the uh, couple of e- easy places to find me is gazmaz dot com on the twitters, twitter dot com forward slash gazmaz g a z m a z. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was uh, going to say you or, should uh, say it with one z and one z. <laughs> yeah, I should do, shouldn't I? And then uh, also, I do a, a podcast called uh, uh, actually a my Mac podcast with the G men. The G men being myself and uh, a gentleman called Guy Searle. So G Gaz and Guy. And yep. Gaz and Guy's show is on the Stoplight Network, as is this show, which means that after you hear me say this, and then you hear the wonderful theme tune written for us by Brent Finan, then you're going to hear Gaz and Guy do something stupid. Because that's usually how, <laughs> that's usually the bumper I play at the end of this. Uh, so stay tuned for more Guy uh, and Gaz. Anyway, thank you very much, everyone. Um, listeners, I will talk to you all next month. And until then, happy computing. Listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. So, guess. Sorry, I'm just boogieing out to that. You know, well, that's playing. You know, I'm shaking it is my so head. Catchy. I'm shaking my ass. Ass. <laughs> I'm shaking my ass. Ass. I'm shaking my ass. <laughs> ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. Guys, joke. Guys, joke. Mostly clean. <laughs> I do have a tip for you. It's a very, very quick one. That's why we've been going on about nothing. Uh, no change there. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm interrupting Can I do you this again. tip? I'll be, yes, I'll be quiet now. Gaz's tips. Guys' jokes. Only, thank goodness, on the My Mac podcast.